Welcome to Searching the Scriptures. Our Bible teacher will be Gunther von Haringa Sr. In Acts 17.11 we read, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures so without further ado, whether those let's things look were into so. God's word, the Bible. Good afternoon and welcome to our BMI uh, online fellowship. Let's begin with a word of prayer, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we again uh, thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning, and that you have given us uh, another Sabbath day, a day when we can set apart uh, this day completely for you. Uh, as we know that we are in great need of fellowship with you, and that is our most important fellowship. And so we pray that you would bless each aspect of our online fellowship, the singing of hymns, the questions and answers, the Bible study, and we ask that everything might be done to your honor and glory. And again, we thank you for your goodness and graciousness to us this past week and pray that you would bless uh, your day to each of those that are able to listen or to view and we ask uh, all these things with grateful hearts in jesus name amen our first hymn is going to be what a friend we have in jesus
Our next hymn is going to be Trust and Obey.
Our third hymn is going to be It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Sorry about that. We had a technical glitch. Let's begin with prayer. 
Father, again, we thank you that we have this opportunity to continue uh, looking at the book of Second Peter, and we pray that as we do so, you might open our spiritual eyes and ears to behold wonderful things out of your law. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, verses 9 through 17 of Second Peter 2. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Our objective today is to learn about some of the characteristics of these false prophets and false teachers, uh, starting uh, with uh, verse 10. And so I'd like you to write down a question about one of these attributes uh, in verse 10 and then post it if you're able to. Um, in our last study, we finished with verse 9, but I do want to point out something that uh, came to mind prior to getting into verse 10, and that has to do with the fact that verses 4 to 10 is actually one long sentence, uh, beginning with the phrase, for if God spared not, in verse 4, and then culminating with, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And, of course, we looked at that uh, last Sunday in particular in quite a bit of detail. Uh, I'll read verses 4 to 9. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, 
condemn them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation or conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. We recognize, of course, that whatever God says with regard to the elect or with regard to the non-elect, for that matter, will assuredly take place. We can have the utmost confidence uh, in the Word of God. And we read, for example, in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Now, we're going to find, starting in verse 10 all the way down to the end of the chapter, these various attributes or characteristics of these false prophets and false teachers. So let's start with the uh, first phrase in verse 10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh. The term chiefly is Strong's number 3122, and it's an adverb, and it's primarily rendered as especially or specially, uh, and twice we find it translated as chiefly, and like in our verse, and then once as most of all. And we'll take a look at some of these examples that God gives us. The first one is in Acts 20, uh, 17 through 18, and 25 through 28. Here we read this very interesting account of Paul's last encounter with the elders at the church of Ephesus that he called to meet him, in which this term appears in verse 28 as most of all. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Uh, then verse 25 and down to 28. And now behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, or after his death, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, 
not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified or set apart. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with, and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. This historical parable really foreshadows the end of the church age, and Paul exemplifies uh, in this parable the Lord Jesus himself whom the Ephesians would never see again because Christ would abandon all the churches and denominations worldwide without exception on May 21, 1988, which ended the window of the space to repent. Uh, after the, and that was during the 1955 years of the church age. And what we read here in Acts 20 about the church of Ephesus is also corroborated by Revelation 2, 1 to 5. Unto the angel or messenger of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Matthew seven fifteen to 23 uh, speaks directly uh, to this issue as far as the um, false prophets or false teachers uh, in no uncertain terms and really highlights 
what we uh, are learning in 2 Peter 2. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 10 is similar uh, to what we read here in 2 Peter 2. And in verse 10, the, this term chiefly is translated specially. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Keep in mind that Timothy is Paul's uh, young protege. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially, that's our word, of those that believe. Now that little word all in verse 10 is highly significant is God is underscoring that it is all the elect for whom Christ made atonement for 
prior to creation in order for him to be their savior. We also discover this term, especially in Titus 1, uh, 10 through 16, and it surfaces in verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not, for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience, conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. The uh, next three words, them that walk after the flesh, are only found uh, here in our verse, so we're going to have to treat them separately. Them that walk is 4198, and this expression, walking, can be used uh, in the literal sense, as we see, for example, from Matthew 8, 9, uh, concerning the uh, the testimony of the Roman centurion, in which this word is found twice as go and goeth. And this is predominantly how this word is translated. Uh, the Roman centurion said, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And of course, we recognize that this is another historical parable that is really teaching us about the sovereignty of God uh, in the matter of salvation. Uh, in Luke 1, 5 through 7, we learn the following regarding the parents of John the Baptist and their spiritual status before God. And, and this account really reminds us also of Abraham and Sarah, who were very advanced in age and also uh, could not have a child. Uh, in verse 6, uh, this word 4198 is also rendered as walking. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. 
Uh, in 1 Peter 4, 3, uh, this term is translated as when we walked, emphasizing that even in the case of a true believer prior to when God applied salvation uh, to their soul, uh, they were still uh, in bondage to sin uh, and to, uh, to this world. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Uh, in 2 Peter 3, 1 to 4, uh, we find that this sin is typical for the last days. And in verse 3, God is actually associating uh, this sin with the doubting of his return. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And actually, it's interesting because uh, this, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation, uh, is something that we find in geology. It's called the, the doctrine of uniformitarianism. It's wrong because it's basically saying that God has not intervened uh, in the affairs of the world. And so everything has, has continued, of course, as, they, uh, as the evolutionists would say, for billions of years. Uh, this is in direct opposite to the idea that's called cat catastrophism, um, in which, and both of these, by the way, came out in the late 1700s. And there was one man who apparently uh, learned from the Bible that God intervened within history and with this world and, of course, with the flood. And so he developed this uh, doctrine of catastrophism, I can't even say it, catastrophism. Um, and whereas the other man uh, who was not interested at all in the Bible came up with this idea that no, things have always been the same. Today, as they were 10,000 years ago, nothing has changed. It's all been a gradual thing. Of course, uh, they're not going to say 10,000 years. They're going to say billions of years. Okay. Um, in Jude 11, 16, and uh, 18, we find the same word uh, mentioned three times. And I'll read verses 11 through 19. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kore. 
These are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking, after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. Now, the two terms after the flesh, after is Strong's number 3694, and the flesh is 4561. They actually surface together in Jude 7. Uh, but um, I'll read down to verse 10 uh, because, again, Jude is so parallel to what we find here in Second Peter 2. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the uh, uh, not the archangel, but the chief messenger, this is Christ, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as, Bruce, as brute beasts, in those things they uh, corrupt themselves. And it's interesting that uh, that term uh, is used naturally because it also... Uh, ties in to what we read in uh, 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, let's, I'll start uh, down in verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? 
even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received the elect, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And here this next verse, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, yes, uh, the, the non-elect person can have a lot of Bible knowledge, but where they, what they don't understand uh, to a high degree is the fact that God spoke in parables and that these parables all have to do with God's salvation plan and how everything points to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the, is the great um, uh, example that the Bible sets forth uh, in verse after verse after verse. And we learn about all the different um, ways that God presents him. It's, it's sort of like uh, in music, and I, I don't know much about music, uh, but, but you have a variation on a theme. And this is the, the idea. Christ is the grand central theme of the whole Bible. And God has a variation on that theme over and over again in different ways and, and presenting it in, different, uh, in a different fashion. But it's always Christ. He is the, the grand theme of all the scripture. I, I do also want to mention something else uh, regarding this uh, passage in Jude uh, 7 from a different standpoint altogether. Uh, and that is that it has to do with the misunderstood doctrine of hell or eternal fire. Uh, as it says here, even as Sodom and Gomorrah are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And it's a great verse because of the fact that, yes, there was fire and brimstone which fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course, Lot and his uh, two daughters was, were spared from that. Uh, but the fact remains that there was fire and brimstone, but it was not for eternity. Uh, those fires uh, were put out a long time ago. They're not burning still there uh, in, in the Middle East someplace. Um, and so this, again, uh, helps us to understand that hell is not a place of eternal torment, that hell has to do with the grave and annihilation. Okay, uh, the next phrase that we want to turn our attention to in verse 10 of Second Peter 2 is in the lust. But we've uh, actually already examined uh, these two words uh, back in Second Peter 1, 4. So I'm not going to review that information. Uh, and also today, when I mentioned First Peter 4, 3 and Jude 18, these two words surface in those uh, passages as well. 
But I will uh, just quote Second Peter 1, 4, uh, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Uh, and the word lust is 1939, through is 1722. And that brings us to the, the next term, which is of uncleanness, which is 3394. And it's only found here as a noun, a Greek noun, but its root word is Strong's number 3392. And it's found five times in the following four verses. And it always has to do, it's always translated, I should say, as some form of the word uh, defile. Uh, if we go to John 1828, uh, here it speaks of being ceremonially uh, defiled or unclean. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Uh, also in Titus one fifteen, we find this uh, declaration. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Uh, Hebrews 12:15, in the context of, of speaking about uh, Esau, uh, it says, "Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root." of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And Esau, we want to keep in mind, is also representative of the churches and denominations that fell under the wrath of God. Also in Jude 1.8, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. And, you know, the Lord Jesus elaborates on this idea of defilement uh, and, and here uh, in the Gospels, and even though he uses a, a different Greek word, uh, this is Strong's number 2840, uh, in Matthew 15, 1 to 20, uh, nonetheless, the same idea is, is being presented. And uh, more than that, uh, the Pharisees, who were the ones he was speaking to in the historical context, could not understand what it was that he was saying, even as he pointed out in John 8.43, where he said, Why do, do ye not understand my speech? even because ye cannot hear my word. Now, they had 
good hearing, I'm, I'm assuming, for the most part. So it wasn't their physical ears that was the problem. The problem was that they had not been granted spiritual ears or spiritual eyes to be able to understand what the Lord Jesus was getting at parabolically. Uh, again, this is Matthew 15, uh, 1 to 20. Then came Jesus, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Notice that they're not transgressing the scriptures. They're transgressing supposedly the tradition of the elders. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. And he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Reminds us of in James where it says they're going to be plucked up by the roots. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat, with unwashed hands defileth not a man. 
The next phrase we want to look at and, and despise government, uh, again, only uh, appears here in this uh, verse. So we're going to have to look at the words uh, individually. And we can start by looking at the term government, which is 2963, which uh, incidentally is derived from the root word meaning Lord or Master which is 2962. Um, in Ephesians uh, 1, 15 to 23, we find this word government translated dominion uh, in verse 23. And notice the threefold emphasis that Paul is making uh, under divine inspiration in his prayer uh, for the elect uh, here in the church at Ephesus. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Also, uh, Colossians 1, uh, 16 um, translates this word as dominions, uh, plural. And actually, I'll read down, uh, well, through verse 19, 16 through 19. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Remember, Christ is the firstborn or the first begotten of the dead by virtue of what he accomplished prior to the foundation of the world in the atonement. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, 
the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Uh, Jude 1.8 uh, also maintains, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. So again, we see this tie always going back to, to Jude. Uh, we know that dominion or government ultimately has to do with God's chain of command, God's authority, which he established between himself and uh, his bride, uh, all of the elect. Uh, but it also filters down to every level of government. And finally, to the family itself or the building block of society. And of course, that building block is uh, severely uh, in bad shape, is very, uh, very eroded uh, as we live today. Uh, and, you know, there is a saying, and it says that once that uh, the, the family starts to erode, there goes the entire society. Um, we read in Romans 13, uh, 1 to 8, uh, this declaration about uh, God's authority uh, and the, those, those authority structures that he sets up, whether spiritual or secular, they're all rooted uh, in God's word. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance or the commandment of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute or tax also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, we also want to keep in mind that there is a time when we don't obey the government or the authorities, and that is that whenever they make a law that goes contrary to Scripture, then we do not have to obey it. Uh, now, the idea of despising government, as we see uh, in this verse, and this is indicative 
of false teachers and false prophets uh, really uh, is to disobey God. Uh, and we also uh, see this word despise, which is 2706, uh, in about eight other citations. But we'll just look uh, at a few of them because uh, we're going to be closing the study in just a little bit. Uh, Luke 1613 uh, sets forth an important biblical principle. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, in Romans 2, 1 to 6, uh, this word despises thou uh, shows up in verse 4. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them, which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And that was really the case during the day of salvation. Uh, then we read in verse uh, 5 and 6, which is really uh, pertinent to our day, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. And this is, again, very similar to what we read in Revelation 19.15, where we have Christ uh, ruling with a rod of iron, and that word rule can be translated half of the time as rule, the other half as feed. And so we see this dualism where the sheep are being fed, on one side, and then God is judging the world with the rod of iron on the other. And this is very similar here uh, with these two words, uh, the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. As we are in this prolonged time of judgment, this day of judgment, we are learning more and more about God's judgment because we're right here, and God has, uh, is using this time in order to teach us. We didn't understand this prior to entering into the Day of Judgment, just like we didn't really understand the Great Tribulation or the end of the Church Age prior to entering that time. But now, having entered that period, that season, we now, God is uh, very mercifully and graciously showing us these things. Um, let's see, one last verse, and that is in Hebrews 12, 2. 
in which this term is utilized as despising. And this really is a study in itself because it has to do with the whole business of shame uh, that Christ uh, endured, again, at the foundation of the world. Wherefore, seeing we also, this is verses 1 and 2 of Hebrews 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's really a wonderful passage for us to keep in mind that we are that we continue to run the race uh, and we know that Christ is the one that has gone before us he has achieved the victory and we follow uh, in his footsteps whether it was the day of salvation or whether now uh, in the day of uh, judgment now I think uh, as I said we'll we'll stop here and um, then in our next uh, lesson, what we want to do is uh, start with verse 10. The, well, I, I should say finish with the rest of verse 10. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. So uh, what we can do right now is to, uh, Lord willing, answer some questions. And I'll try to provide an answer from scripture uh, and we know of course that any understanding that we have can only come as a gift from God it has to come from the Bible we have to compare uh, spiritual with spiritual and we have to keep in mind that regardless of how much we search or how much we pray ultimately it has to be God's good pleasure to reveal that to us uh, as we read in Luke uh, 24 27 and Luke 24 44 to 45 and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself and he said unto them these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. All right, I know that we do have uh, one question, which I'll... Uh, I'll read right now. And the question is, can you please comment on who verse uh, 
verses 12 through 14 uh, in Psalm 55 is referring to. All right, so let's look at that. Um, you know what, I'm going to just read the entire psalm. That way we get the, the context. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick or alive into hell or the grave. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God and Jehovah shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, Selah. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon Jehovah, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. This is actually a, a good question because it, 
it ties into our, our lesson today. The, uh, the two terms for it was not an enemy that reproached me uh, appear in about uh, five other places, and two of them uh, are found in uh, Psalm 74, uh, verses 3 to 18. And in uh, verses 10 and 18, uh, we find these two words uh, twice. Uh, the word for enemy is 341, and uh, the word for reproached me is 2778. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their ensigns for signs. A man was famous according as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees. But now they break down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers. They have cast fire into the sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet, neither is there any among us that knoweth how long. O God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Thou didst cleave the fountain and the flood. Thou driest up mighty rivers. The day is thine, the night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Jehovah, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. Now, if we go down to, um, we also see uh, a similar idea, uh, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, uh, then I could have borne it, uh, neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. And verse 13, but it was thou a man. Um, and this word man is Strong's number 582. Uh, it is actually derived from a root word that is desperately wicked. Uh, it's, as, as we read in Jeremiah 79, regarding the, the heart of man is desperately or incurably wicked, uh, who, can, who can know it? Um, and as the word man, it can refer, depending on the context, to 
a man. It can also refer to God and uh, other other things as well. Uh, the term, uh, we find these three terms, but it was thou a man, mine equal, my guide, mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. And this uh, term, mine equal, uh, is found uh, translated as uh, the price thereof. In uh, Job uh, 28, 12 through 19 and verse 28, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, and neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearl, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. And we also want to keep in mind that wisdom is Christ himself, according to 1 Corinthians one twenty-four. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Also the term my guide is curiously always, or not always, but predominantly translated as dukes, referring to the sons of Esau. Uh, for example, we read in Genesis thirty-six fifteen, these were dukes of the sons of Esau, the sons of Eliaphaz, the firstborn son of Esau, Duke Teman, Duke Omar, Duke Zepho, Duke Kenaz. And we know that Esau or Edom again is a, a, a representation of the churches and denominations. Uh, this uh, word, my guide, which is uh, Strong's number 441, also appears in Proverbs 2, uh, 16 through 18. Uh, in, in actually, yeah, and in verse 17, it's translated the guide. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God, for her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. And again, the strange woman or the harlot, again, is a, is a picture of the churches and denominations uh, as they bring a false uh, gospel. Uh, the term, and my acquaintance, Uh, I'll read verse 13 again. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. 
we took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Um, we, we find this uh, term uh, acquaintance, uh, Strong's number 3045, for example, in Job uh, 1913. And we have to keep in mind that Job is a picture of Christ uh, under the wrath of God. He hath put my brethren far from me, and mine acquaintance are verily estranged from me. Uh, also in Job 42:11, where we find the opposite, then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that Jehovah had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. And of course, we also know that God doubled uh, everything that he had uh, in terms of material wealth, but also gave him sons and daughters uh, as well. Uh, another passage uh, that um, that is interesting, this is... Uh, the, the last two, uh, in verse 14, it says, We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Uh, here, uh, the word for counsel is Strong's number 5475, and in company is Strong's number 7285. We find both of these in Psalm 64, 2, uh, there we read, Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Uh, and this word insurrection is this word company. Uh, also, uh, in Genesis 49, 5 through 7, uh, Simeon and Levi are in view. Uh, it says, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret. This is 5475, unto their assembly, uh, which is actually uh, this word um, uh, company, 7285. Mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And we've been uh, looking at Genesis 49 in the Judges study, and Genesis 49 has to do with the 12 tribes of Israel that typify the churches and denominations under God's wrath, whereas Deuteronomy 33 has to do with the blessing of the tribes by Moses, and there are 13 tribes in Deuteronomy 33, and again, that uh, has to do with the elect. Now, uh, in looking at all of this, it appears uh, that 
the, the person in view here, to answer your question, really has to do with those that were uh, part of the churches and denominations. And they never left the churches and denominations, or even people that did leave the churches and denominations, like we find today, where so many have gone back either to the churches or they've gone back to the world. But the idea of turning back is completely contrary to Scripture, and they stumble at these doctrines that are tests that God has set up uh, very purposefully because he is going to snare anybody that is not a true child of God, and they won't be able to uh, meet the test. They will fail the test, and we've seen this repeatedly. So I think that is the one that is in view because it says, uh, you know, a person, mine equal, my guide, all of these uh, terms seem to point to, to somebody that professed to be a child of God, and yet in actuality, like we read uh, in, in one of the verses today where it says uh, they profess they know God, but in works they deny him, uh, being abominable and unto every good work reprobate. Uh, thank you. That was a, a really good question. I'm not sure if we have any other questions. Looks like we don't. So uh, let's go ahead then and close with our uh, final three hymns. The first one is, Come Thou Expected Jesus. Thank you. 
The next hymn is going to be the Day of Resurrection. Our last hymn is going to be, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus.
right, shall we close in prayer? Father in heaven, thank you again for this opportunity. We pray for all of your people throughout the world that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them and encourage them as we begin a new week. And again, we recognize how totally dependent we are upon you for everything, for life and health, uh, physical blessings as well as spiritual blessings. Uh, we are uh, constantly uh, in need of you. And so we pray for your uh, guidance and for strength, for patience. As we enter into this new week, we know that we can cast all of our cares upon you because you do hear us and you do sustain your people by your mercy and by your grace. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in and we pray that you will have a blessed uh, rest of your Sabbath day. Thank you for joining us today for Searching the Scriptures. Until next time, to God be the glory.